living no peace and real life MC. Playground tactics, no rabbit and a hat trick. Just back when you sleep, have shit from Jurassic. Let's take you back to the top. Original beats, no real life MC. Playground tactics, no rabbit and a hat trick. Just back when you sleep, have shit from Jurassic. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump. Season 5, week 38. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. Tonight is Thursday, October 10th. With me this evening, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Sam, can you hear me? Hello. Nope, he turned his... Oh, he's chewing. He's chewing. Are you done chewing? <clears throat> yeah, sorry. No, that's uh, great. Yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing good. I am uh, coming at you live from Watermill, New York, where I'm actually at work right now. So Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So he might be in and out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but my hot take for today has to do with China in the NBA. Uh, just adding to strange things that surround China and the NBA. Um, the China canceled a bunch of NBA uh, partnership events due to a tweet sent out by Houston Rockets general manager, um, which he then deleted. Uh, and then China demanded that the NBA get their shit together, basically. Um, and then most recently... There was a reporter who was told to shut up when she was asking a question to some players about China. So all of this is like stupid and ridiculous, clearly. But um, I feel like China has bigger problems to worry about than the NBA and, you know, what their employees are talking about. So anyway, kind of a convoluted hot take. I guess my hot take is what the fuck, China? Like. Nobody cares about the NBA, I guess. I think that we could do an entire episode about this. We should, we, uh, listener and friend of the show and one time guest Patty was talking to us about this at one point. The NBA is huge in China. And the NBA has definitely gone out of its way to cultivate this relationship that it has with China. And now we're seeing this weird. I, I don't know if weird is the right word, but conflict of interests, because the NBA has also positioned itself as this progressive league, and now, you know, they're willing to criticize U.S. policies, U.S. governmental policies, but as soon as one of their own criticizes Chinese governmental policies, it's like, oh, shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down, guys. Right. Like, we can't risk these billions of dollars that we have at stake in the Chinese market. Right. Well, no, it's also, you know, like, really the real, like, butt of this joke actually is Donald Trump. Because it's like, you know, the NBA is, everyone in the NBA is talking shit about Trump. And then, and then like, someone said, makes one tweet about China. And then it's like, holy shit. You know right. what I mean? So he's going to be re- feeling kind of emasculated by this situation, I think. I hope that guy feels emasculated 24-7. Yeah. 
I think the other issue, though, is what the hell is ESPN up to? Because ESPN is in this weird situation where they're the news media market reporting on the issue, but they also have an interest in not pissing off China. And they're the ones broadcasting all these games. So you see all these commenters on the ESPN news cycle talking about Daryl Morey's tweets about China, but nobody ever mentions what it is he's actually tweeting about. Right. That being the protests in Hong Kong. Like, there's some nebulous thing that one guy was upset about, and but we can't talk about that. We can only talk about whether or not, you know, Kobe Bryant and Clay Thompson can tour in China any longer. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. Weird world that we live it's in. It's all fucked up. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Patty, hit us up with let us know what's actually going down on on uh, on the ground over there. Um, my hot take. So we're gonna spend a lot of this episode talking about game five, games five, I suppose. But I want to take this opportunity to point out that there's a Game 5 going on right now in the WNBA between the Connecticut Sun and the Washington Mystics. It's actually about to tip off in just a few minutes. They are tied 2-2. The winner will win the 2019 WNBA title. And in Game 4, these two teams combined to shoot over 40% from three-point range. So, I, I mean, I, I ain't going to brag. I've never watched an entire WNBA game. I, I, I'll, like, switch over and watch a couple minutes and then switch back to baseball or college football. But, dude, the WNBA is good. This is good basketball. People should be watching this. I mean, I guess so. But they're not. <laughs> I mean, also, it's like, what is good basketball? Because that's all shit. It's a shit sport, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 40% You have two teams. This is like, the Warriors wish this. The Warriors wish they could have done that. Uh, it's amazing. I was watching highlights. I watched a bit of the third quarter. Very competitive. Uh, Connecticut versus D.C. And uh, so, yeah. Your last chance, last chance to watch the WNBA has passed because by the time you're listening to this podcast, this game is over. Yeah, it's over. We're coming at you from the past. So shout out to the WNBA. <coughs> All right. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Sam, let's get right into MLB baseball before you have to go make some omelets or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and- nighttime here. Oh, isn't it? Wait, you can still have omelets at night. I guess so. The omelets at night are delicious. Right, but I feel like that's more of a, like, you're at home and you got some eggs in your fridge. Oh, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do later. Folks folks aren't coming in asking for omelets. Not really. People don't even really eat that many omelets at brunch, to tell you the truth. Why is that? I don't know. Everyone wants eggs benedict, I guess. Yeah, because eggs Benedict, you can't. It's more difficult to make at home. Well, well, fewer people do that. Right. 
So when you go out for brunch, you're going to get something that you can't easily make at home. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Like chicken and waffles. Right. Yeah. Also also a big seller. Yeah. That makes sense. Waffle. Yeah. Because, like, it it takes a lot of effort to make either chicken or waffles for breakfast. Right. But to make both. Yeah, it would be be an excessive breakfast. Yeah. You'd wake up, and by the time you were ready to eat, it'd be like a lunch thing. Right. Well, isn't that kind of the concept of brunch? Yeah, I guess so. But I don't think that anybody cooks themselves brunch. You know what I mean? It's not like you're eating... You're not eating eggs at 11.30 in the morning, and you're like, oh, I'm having brunch. (laughs) I'm going to make a mimosa. (laughs) Eating eggs and, like, chugging booze in the middle of the day by yourself. It's not brunch. That's, like, alcoholism, you know? (laughs) Wait, wait. What do you (laughs) – that's, like, my favorite thing to do, Sam. (laughs) That way you don't have to put on pants. Right. (laughs) Right, as long as you got eggs, you don't have to. You got eggs, you got booze, you don't have to leave the house. <laughs> I think that's a win-win. Right. So anyway, call it brunch, and you're fine. Okay, thanks. I'm calling it brunch. All right, let's talk about baseball. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, should I go first? Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay, so we're talking about the division series, which will be wrapped up by the time this posts tonight, probably. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to start off with kind of the most spectacular of the division series, which would be the NLDS um, <clears throat> between uh, the L.A. Dodgers and the Washington Nationals. And um, game five happened last night and Clayton Kershaw in classic Clayton Kershaw style self-destructed in a dramatic comeback wins win for the Nationals in order to win the NLDS. Kershaw came in the game as a reliever in the top of the seventh, with the Dodgers leading the Nationals 3-1. He got out of the inning. However, at the beginning of the eighth inning, he gave up two solo home runs on three pitches. One to Anthony Rendon, uh, which actually was a pretty good pitch. I don't know if you saw the replay. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. Um, Rendon is good. Yeah, but that was a a good pitch, I think. That was was a good piece of hitting. However, (laughs) the next pitch... (laughs) To Soto, which he took deep into the left field bleachers, was right down the middle. And he's got no excuses for that. Right. Anyway, tied the game. Uh, Kershaw was immediately yanked, uh, but he had already blown the save. And the Nationals, in extra innings, would go on to win the game 7-3 to three on a Howie Kendrick grand slam off of Joe Kelly, who coincidentally helped beat the the Dodgers last year in the postseason. Right. right, good point. While playing for the Red Sox. So <clears throat> it's kind of two for two. He just uh, hates the anyway. Dodgers. What's that? Joe Kelly just hates the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's like, I will kill them from within. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a couple questions for you, Joel. What does yeah. the loss do to the legacy of Clayton Kershaw, if anything? Question two what does the loss mean to the L.A. Dodgers, who now can't even claim to be the Buffalo Bills of baseball because they didn't even get a chance to lose three World Series in a row? And then third question is, what does it mean to the Washington Nationals, who have finally won their first true playoff series 
since moving to D.C. 15 years ago? I question one, I mean, Shaw is going to the Hall of Fame. I think right. his body of work that he has already put together guarantees that he goes to the Hall of Fame. Right. However, I think this radically reduces his odds of ever winning a World Series. Kershaw has passed his prime. He can't, you know, as you mentioned with the Soto pitch, he can't get that velocity that he had three or four years ago. And so if he does win a World Series, it's not going to be as an ace. It's going to be as the utility man for some other team. And that may not be the L.A. Dodgers because the L.A. Dodgers window may be closing rapidly. So, Wait, but didn't he just sign a big extension with the Dodgers? Did he? Because, but I mean, maybe he, a he Dodger did. for life? Well, then I'd be really worried if I was him. Let me Google that for you. Because um, if he's a Dodger for life, I'm worried about the Dodgers in the next couple of years. Are you? Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me to peer into my magic crystal ball and see the future... Dodgers are going to fire Dave Roberts after this season. Yeah. And then they'll probably hire one of the many, you know, maybe they'll hire, maybe that's where Madden goes. Yeah, I don't think that, I think I've got, I think Madden's going to the Angels, but maybe to the Dodgers. Right. I think think he interviewed with the. (laughs) uh, Anyway, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of like coaching talent out there, but I don't think that they're. I, I agree with you. I think that their window is, well, I mean, who's ascended in that division? Nobody. It's theirs to lose. It, yeah. The San Diego Padres, eh? Yeah, right. Yeah? Uh, Kershaw signed a seven-year, $215 million deal in 2013. With the option to became, become a free agent after five years, which was last year. Okay. So they uh, didn't sign him to an extension yet. Not that I know of. Hmm. Well, then oh, go play here it is. 2018. Dodgers extends deal. He's locked in till 2021. Uh, so he's a Dodger, but um, he's not the best pitcher in Major League Baseball anymore. And yeah, he's got. How old is he? He's not that old. He's not that old. He's thirty. No, he's like thirty-two, probably. Okay. But do you remember a couple of years ago, maybe 2015, when it was like a couple of years, a year or two years after Justin Verlander won the Cy Young and the MVP, uh-huh. and then he had a bad year. And everyone was like, oh, he's past his prime. He's done. And, like, look at him now. Yeah. That's true. So very good point. This could just be the beginning. This could just be the act break in Clayton Kershaw's career. Possible. Yeah. What about great pitchers learn how to deal with the loss of, like, three or four miles per hour on their fastball. Mm -hmm. They evolve, you know? Right. Like uh, Roger Clemens, did he do that? Yeah, well, Justin Verlander did that. Um, although he can still bring it, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Randy Johnson and Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
definitely what's his name? Clemens, who you just Clemens. mentioned. Mm-hmm. All those guys. Hmm. So that'll be interesting. I mean, Kosha is, you know, up with all those guys. It would be cool if he was able to uh, reinvent himself a little bit for the second half of his career, possibly. Yep. Yeah. I'd be into that. I'm not a Koshaw hater. I kind of have no opinion about Clayton Koshaw. Like, right. he's good at his job, and I have no objections to him. But also he's no like, reason uh, to like, like him. He's like the toast of baseball. He's very much the toast of baseball. Like, and not like, is like... It's good, but nobody is like, oh, fuck, you know what I could go for right now? Toast. Right, yeah. And not toast like cheers. Toast like white bread. Right. But yeah. not with butter, even. Just like not dry even, ass toast. Yeah, you don't even get butter on it. Or right. cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. So like maybe, you know, if you're lucky, you got some egg yolk to dip it in. This podcast is making me hungry. <laughs> We're talking about eggs again. Right. Eggs. All right. What about the other two questions? What? Oh, um, the Dodgers. I guess what do you, you kind of answered yeah. the Dodgers question, yeah. too. Yeah. The window's closing. But see, the thing is, is like, I still take exception to your like what you think being the buffalo bills of something means yeah because i don't think it means like getting to the final game and losing three times in a row like i Uh take that as an anomaly in the like long history of the buffalo bills just being fucking terrible (laughs) hey man oj simpson played for the buffalo bills Uh, right right briefly (laughs) for a while i thought in the 80s Whatever. Anyway, point is, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the Buffalo Bills of something because that means you're not good. Right. And and the Dodgers are good. They right. just can't you, win the big one. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they've been in the playoffs every year since 2013. So. Right. They've won their division every year since 2013. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of them are really young. Walker Bueller's young. Ballinger, he's pretty young yep. Justin Turner like a lot like Koshaw is really as far as I can think the only old man so to speak well, on Rich Hill us. oh Rich Hill uh Gritty how old is he he's not that old uh, what about uh, Max Muncy I don't know um and then they've also got Ryu how old is he I don't know how old are the Dodgers? Internet. Alexa, how old are the Dodgers? <laughs> What's the average age of the Dodgers? Yeah. I'm going to guess 29. Oh, I bet it's less than that. Average age of death, of marriage, of menopause, no, of the Dodgers. Let's see what the Google says. All right. Uh, 28.2. Oh. Hello. Yeah. I was close. You were really close. Good job. Uh, pretty average when it comes to baseball. That's really interesting. The Washington Nationals are the oldest team in baseball. 30.1. The, the Nationals are? Yeah. That's all Ryan Zimmerman, probably. Huh. 
Okay, back to work. Um, oh, okay, let's talk about the Washington Nationals. They finally won their first true playoff series since moving to D.C. 15 years ago. First of all, suck it, Bryce Harper. Yeah. Right? We now have hard evidence that getting rid of Bryce Harper makes your team better at baseball. Right, and it's funny because the uh, Phillies just fired their manager. Oh, right. As if, like, everyone didn't already know what the fuck was wrong with their team this year. Right, Bryce Harper. Yeah, Harper. Yeah, dude, that guy's, that guy's going to be out of a job and homeless this time next year. He's going to be, like, standing on the street corner with his, still have his beard, but it'll be long and raggedy. He'll be holding a sign. We'll hit home runs for food. But no one will take him up on it. <laughs> right. Um, and now, so the Nationals, they've won their first playoff series since moving to D.C. That takes some kind of monkey off their back. Right. I, I don't feel like Donald Trump's going to take credit for it. Yeah, he takes credit for everything, though. Yeah. I don't, yeah. That guy sucks. So. Now the Nats are moving on. They won the wild card game. They're moving on. And they're going to play St. Louis in the NLCS. Which to me is the most National League NLCS that I could think of. The St. Louis Cardinals versus the Washington Nationals. Like those are two teams that I definitely identify. When you... If you were to ask me to name an NL team, it would be either the Cardinals or the Nationals. Really? Probably. Definitely the Cardinals. Mets or Cubs. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Right, but the Braves lost. Right. Thank God. Right. Okay, so, Sam. St. Louis Cardinals made history by scoring 10 runs in the top of the first inning in route to a 13 to 1 win over the Braves. Now at least I can stop worrying about rooting for the Braves. Question for you Do you think Atlanta is now the most miserable sports city in America? No, it's still Buffalo. It's still Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Cleveland. I don't know. It's still Buffalo. It's still Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, it's yeah. Buffalo. Sorry, Buffalo. Sorry, Buffalo. I mean, we were big on the Braves. Like, you and I were both big on the Braves. We liked Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. They seemed to have a lot going for them. And for a lot of the series, they seemed like the better baseball team than St. Louis. But then the Cardinals just come in and kick the crap out of them in Game 5 in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, you know, there was that whole chop situation. Did we talk about that last week or not? Just a little bit. Right. So there's a there's a player for the Cardinals who's a Native American who, in an interview, very tactfully uh, said that shit's racist, basically. Right. Right. But, you know, not in those words. But. And so, you know, the press picked up on it. Because uh, they love shit like that. And then the Braves were like, okay, we'll cut back on the chop during the... Because this isn't like a thing that just the fans do. This is like a... Right. 
this is like their hashtag. They're like chop, chop bands, on. Chop yeah. On. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, that had to rattle them a little bit. But also, like, I mean, as far as it goes, clearly the Cardinals, while maybe they weren't the more talented of the two teams, were definitely the better managed of the two teams. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking specifically about game one, which was the Braves game to lose, and the, uh, you know, what was it Acuna? Yeah who got picked off a second base and went into a home run trot and the ball bounced off the wall. He ended up. Yeah. Yeah. They could have won that game. That's not to say that either of those two things specific, like he caught a lot of heat for that, which Mm -hmm. I think was like partially not as deserved as he didn't deserve as much as he got. I don't think. Um, But it just, I feel like that was kind of, uh, very telling example of like a poorly managed ball club. Like you can't get your guys oh, to hustle mm-hmm. and pay attention in the postseason, then you don't really have much control over your team, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, how many times did the Cardinals come back in this series? At least twice. Yeah, yeah. Which Maybe is- three times. Mm-hmm. No, probably only twice. So, um, I just felt like they were better prepared and less talented. And, you know, in the postseason, how well you handle yourself, like not giving away outs, making pitchers work, all of that shit is like such, so much magnified importance-wise. Who is Atlanta's manager? Do you know off the top of your yeah, head? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, me either. The ghost of Bobby Cox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I was looking this up. So the pitcher for the Cardinals who criticized the Braves was Ryan Helsley, yeah. who is a member of the Cherokee Nation. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to point out is that the Braves didn't start adopting the ch- uh, the chop as a chant until the 1990s. Right. And that is when they got Deion Sanders to play for them. And Deion Sanders, you ready for this? Uh-huh. Deion Sanders has played for the Atlanta Braves, the Florida State Seminoles, and the Washington Redskins. Oh, right. And didn't the chop come from the Seminoles? Florida State, yeah. Yeah. That was originally a Florida State thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm guessing that when, they, when Atlanta got... Dion Sanders to play Let's for them. Let's just call him by his given name, Neon Dion. Neon Dion. Also, yeah, again, if we're talking about two sport athletes, he was so fucking good at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he signed with the Braves in 1991. I bet that's when they started doing the chant. Right. Yep. People probably remembered him from Seminole country. Right, which is just down the road, really. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is an age-old tradition that we have to protect or anything like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, But still, I'm a little sad that... Apparently, Neon Dion hates Native Americans. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Like, this is kind of like our true detective moment. Like, we just uncovered that. Yeah. (laughs) 
Wait, Dion, you played for the Seminoles, the Braves, and the Redskins? <laughs> and did he play for the Indians? Uh, I don't think so. That would have been perfect. If he played for the Indians, he's just like, what's your team name? Uh, the Royals. I'll play for you if you change your name to the Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly the baseball team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny because it's true. Uh, bottom of the fourth, Houston's up on Tampa Bay, 4-1. to one. Speaking of Houston-Tampa Bay, Justin Verlander kind of self-destructed in a Game 4 loss to Tampa Bay, setting up tonight's deciding Game 5 in Houston. This continues our theme of this year's playoffs of having epic collapses by otherwise great pitchers, if we include the uh, Atlanta guy. Also, the St. Louis Cardinals blowing a save. Uh, it was Game 2 or Game 3. I forget which one. Uh, I'll look that up. That was huge. Tampa Bay uh, Martinez? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there have been a lot of blown saves in this year's playoffs. Right. Mm. Uh, Tampa Bay jumped all, all over Berlander, who started the game on a short rest of three days, which makes me want to ask, how do you feel about short rests for pitchers in the playoffs? How many innings did he pitch? Not very many. They pulled him very uh, pretty quickly. Really? Yeah. Um, at one point, because Tampa Bay had an opener in that game, and at one right. point people were making fun because Houston had actually used more pitchers than Tampa Bay, and, who had used an opener. Right. Well, I don't know. They're cruising right now, so. Yeah. I think uh, he got pulled in the fourth inning. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Short rest. You know, it's hard being a pitcher, especially, like, in this day and age where everyone can study you so aggressively. Right. Because um, it's not like, you know, you pitch – and then you pitch again three days later, and then you're just tired. It's like you pitch again three days later. Everybody's watched, like, not only faced you three days ago, but they've been watching the tape since then. And it's like, <clears throat> there's no chance, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think pitching on three days rest is probably not the greatest thing. Right, even in the playoffs. Especially the playoffs. Also, I feel like the, you know, I feel like the Astros, I don't know who their fourth starter is, but I feel like they're good enough to, like, yeah, that's grind been, out a couple innings. Yeah, that's been their strength all year long. Yeah. They just kind of wanted to close out in the game four. And who do they have? Annabelle Sanchez? I don't know. I don't know either. So we got um, cards. Nats. Who would you pick in that series? Uh, I'm going to go with the Nationals because I yes. picked against them in both of the first two series. Yeah. I'll go with the Nationals also. Scherzer, Strasbourg. Juan Soto is the MVP of the playoffs at this point, I feel like. They play from behind. They got momentum. 
And it'd right. be fun to see them in the World Series. Yeah. And then can the Houston beat the Yankees? Well, Houston's got to beat the Rays first. Yes. Um, but I feel like either of those teams would – I think that the Rays and – yeah, hold on one second. Yeah. I would love to see the Rays – honestly, I would love to see the Rays play the Yankees in the ALCS. I think that the Yankees would be favored, but I would love to see the Rays, if they could pull it off, with their unusual strategies, with the openers, with the hitters that they have. Um, and it would be great because they're division rivals. Honestly, though, I want the Yankees to lose, and I think that the Houston Astros would have the better chance of beating the Yankees in a seven-game series, especially a seven-game series. That would be tough for Tampa Bay to do. But the opener is such an interesting strategy to use in the playoffs. The Rays have got Blake Snell, former Cy Young winner, American League Cy Young winner, and they'll put him in there, give us two innings in the sixth or the seventh inning. The Rays also have the lowest team EOA of anyone in Major League Baseball. And that says something. They, I don't know. There's a, a team of castaways and cutoffs that I really love. I love Tommy Pham. I love Avisayo Garcia. Um, I, I'm pulling for the Rays. But also, if the Rays win, I'm going to be a little disappointed because then I would, the odds are the Yankees will make the World Series. And I really don't want New York to make the World Series. And I was so disappointed in that ALDS. Yankees twins. I really thought the twins were going to be able to, to put up a fight. And they couldn't. They didn't have the pitching. I mean, they, they got offense. The twins scored runs in that series. But, it was, like, it was 10-4. I don't even remember what the scores were. They were all, like, 10-4, 14-1, 7-5, something like that. Really disappointed that the Yankees swept Minnesota. I got an ordering, so I had yep. to run. I know. So I'm cooking were you, food right now. Were you listening while I was talking? Nah, I couldn't really hear you. It's really loud okay. upstairs. I was just talking about Tampa Bay's openers and the luck that they might have in a seven-game series against New York. Right. Well, I'd be like both the Rays and the Astros, and i got to run, but I feel like both yeah. the Rays and the Astros have favorable pitching matchups against the Yankees. I hope so. Yeah. 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 We're going to – let's close off. I'll, I'll close this off. You go do your okay. job. Thanks, uh, everyone. Sorry I'm so yeah. scattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> All right. See you, Sam. <laughs> um, yeah. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I'm trying to look back at if there's anything that we have forgotten. Um, right now in the ALDS, it is the top of the fifth. Houston is up on Tampa Bay 4-1. to one. Houston's got four runs on five hits. Tampa Bay has one run on two hits. We'll be back again as soon as we can to talk about the next series of games, whatever, you know what I mean. 
thanks so much for listening to us. Check us out on all your social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on either SoundCloud or Apple iTunes, Dump on the Ump. You can also listen to us on Spotify or follow us on Instagram. Um, there were other things we didn't talk about that I wanted to. Is Atlanta Coast. We haven't talked about football at all, but I think we're going to hold on on that until baseball is over. This NBA China thing, it's going to come back. Patriots are undefeated. Patriots are undefeated. The Patriots and the goddamn San Francisco 49ers for some reason, which is bizarro. Um, yeah, lots going on. Lots going on. We're going to talk about it uh, uh, continuing on throughout this year. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for Sam, my name is Joel. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Transania, earthquake, Transylvania, and all the way I get the whole through the wall of China just to get the right place. Cousins get some panic up again, the man. I fell into the defense. You shouldn't have told me the pyramids can hold me. So now a contest is what you 